Hey, what is up, soccer fans all over the world? Welcome to this week's episode of the Saudi Soccer Show. I'm one of your co-hosts, Brian Lofermento, and I am joined by the voice of soccer in America, Nick Webster. Nick, a week of goals galore. How are you feeling this week? Well, it was almost like Christmas Day every day of the week last week, because as you just said, the goals were absolutely pouring in in the Saudi Pro League. Um, not too keen on what I'm seeing defensively, but hey, when it comes to attacking, I think we're seeing right now why the Saudi Pro League has found and signed some of the best attacking talent in the world. Yeah, for sure. And I'll tell you what, as we head into the international break, we had quite the weekend of fixtures that Nick and I are going to run through, as well as some rumors, some updates ahead of the transfer window closing. And there's a bonus episode coming for all of you this week here on the Saudi Soccer Show. So we'll definitely talk about that. But Nick, we've got quite a few things on the rundown this week. I guess we've got to start. It's the top of everybody's list, a seven goal thriller. Well, you've got to say the King Abdullah Sports City Stadium was perhaps treated, and I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not one to exaggerate, but I think it was the best game in world football last week. Al Etihad, the champions, going up against Al Hilal, and Al Etihad were just so good in the first half, and Kareem Benzema scores just a ridiculous goal uh, one of one of his specials that perhaps only he can possibly score and and the home side i mean they they, they would they were just cruising uh amdala scored his fifth goal in five games we're going to talk about him a little bit later in the show uh the one the one copy block was coronado going off with an injury but at three uh half time three one el hiti had cruising Nuno Espirito Santos, you saw him on the sideline. I mean, he's got a grin from ear to ear. He thinks it's absolutely done and dusted. But Al-Hilal had this gentleman by the name of Mitrovic. Now, he scored in the first half to make, to make it 3-1. The, the goal he scored in the first half was sublime. I can't wait till we start showing highlights, Brian. Big cross from the right-hand side. He's on top of the 18, and he and he hooks his body around and hits a volley into the top corner. I mean, it was just magnificent. Uh, the second half comes around. Jorge Jesus, and this was this was the battle of the Portuguese managers, by the way. You know, you've got a Spirito Santo and Jorge Jesus, both Portuguese, makes some tweaks, pushes Mitrovic even further up the field, and Salam Al Dalsari. He scores his absolute mind-blowing winner in like the 80th minute. I mean, it was just ridiculous. But, you know, before that happened, Mitrovic with a couple of poachers finishes, one at the far post, one from the penalty spot. And, I mean, this, this game, when you watch the highlights, was a complete just ding-donger, back and forth, back and forth. But for, the, for me, though, to, to watch the champions lose at home, I mean, they were unbeaten. They had the perfect record coming into this game. And Al-Hilal went and mugged them 4-3. Just a, just a ridiculous game of football. 
Yeah, and so many talking points, as you already alluded to. Obviously, there was a hat-trick hero in the name of Alexander Mitrovic. Just in one of his first few matches in the Saudi Pro League, this guy continues to score because that's what he does. But also, last week, you and I talked about it in depth. Kareem Benzema, nobody knew the state of his injury. Not only did he play, but he scored in the 38th minute. And Mitrovic bagged two of those goals in the second half within a five-minute span. One of those poachers finish, like you said, the other one a penalty it's so cool to see him scoring and I'll tell you what last week it was a case of the champions staying perfect if we take a look at the league table Nick Al Ittihad dropped to third place which we've got to talk about this the club in the middle of Al Halal and Al Ittihad which is Al Tawun have been surging up the table we'll get to them here today but Al Ittihad third place that's not a comfortable place for them to be no, I mean, look, they expect to be they expect to be in first place all season long. They expect to be champions. They're the current reigning champions. And uh, actually, some news about them as well. Um, the FIFA Club World Cup uh, is going to be in Saudi Arabia in December. The draw was made, and Al-Hittihad could, in fact, meet a certain Manchester City in the semifinals. And, and when you think about what the Saudi Pro League is trying to do, this is what they're trying to do. They're trying to compete with some of the best teams in the world. So you can't be losing games at home. And I think that that's a big concern for Espirito Santos. He'll be feeling the pressure because that's three massive drop points. And you have to say to yourself, where are you going to pick him up? And the only place you're going to pick him up is by beating other members of the big five. Yeah, and I want to also talk about, obviously, this is the highlight of the week, the 4-3 result, Al-Halal beating Al-Itihad, but when you look at Al-Halal's squad, obviously, they've got the likes of Mitrovic, the hat-trick hero, Milinkovic, Savage, pulling all the strings from the number 10 spot, Malcolm is an incredibly talented attacker, but we haven't even seen the best out of Ruben Neves just yet. He did not play at his best over the weekend, but with that, you've got to look, I mean, Koulibaly also didn't have an incredible match from the back. Well, heck, can we say that about any of the defenders this week in a 4-3 result? But you just feel like there's still more gears to this Al-Halal squad. Obviously, we talked with Gregoire about who's going to be favorites for this season. But Al-Halal, at least right now, moving from strength to strength, even when their strengths aren't performing on all cylinders just yet. Yeah, for sure. I mean, Gregoire, uh, our Saudi Arabian correspondent for Al-Halal, very high on the team, thinks that there are not only going to win the Saudi Pro League, they're going to win the King's Cup and they're going to compete in the Champions League once that starts firing away in just a few short weeks. Yeah, Nick, I want to move on because another big name that hasn't started the season quite as blistering hot as Alexander Mitrovic, but he is a French international. He's got an incredible career history, and that is the one and only former Lyon Atletico Madrid and Celtic player, which is Moussa Dembele to the rescue this week. What did you see for Al Atifak this week? Well, Al Atifak, the last two results have not been good. There was a loss. There was a tie to, to the bottom team in, in, the, in the division. Stevie G was definitely feeling the pressure. And watching his body language as his team went 1-0 down, I mean, uh, you, could, you could actually see the stress lines just beginning to, to, to pour all over the Liverpudlian. But thankfully, um, Jordan Henderson did a really great job, really got hold of the midfield. He was spiky. 
he was in every tackle and he was the he was the fulcrum really for pushing Dembele higher up the field and then Dembele gets a brace um his third actually his second and third goals of the season and uh let's in fact get a massive three points that keeps him within touching distance of the leaders and takes a little bit of pressure off Steven Gerrard and I really liked as I said I, I liked what Henderson was doing I thought he had a great game yeah, and you talk about Jordan Henderson. He's been in the headlines this week. Not only did he have a brace of assists on both of Dembele's goals, but I'll tell you what, Nick, I'm not sure if you saw the headlines out of the English press already this week, but the Saudi Pro League has been a subject of what England is talking about this week. Jordan Henderson, chief among them, where he talked, quite frankly and openly, about his move. Obviously, he is on England international duty this week. A lot of questions, not only on Gareth Southgate, but on Jordan Henderson himself. What's he doing in the Saudi Pro League? And, and he may it clear money is not the only factor for him and when he was asked about obviously people want to talk about so many social issues surrounding the Saudi Pro League but what Jordan Henderson said which I think that part of it's a little bit diplomatic part of it is just a little neutral where he said hey if we want to talk about acceptance we have to talk about accepting everybody and and playing in the Saudi Pro League is for sure opening his eyes not only to a new set of football cultures a new set of the way that the league plays but also a new set of what life and culture can look like in another country what's your take on that because a lot of people are criticizing him for being diplomatic in that way but i think that just like you and i love to do with the saudi pro league hey football is the universal language let's talk about that no it sure is the universal language and i think henderson has always conducted himself immaculately whether it, when he was at sunderland as the captain of liverpool even as an england international the, the knock has been that the Saudi Pro League isn't the best preparation to be playing for England. But I, I would I would disagree with that. I, I think what Henderson's going to have, he's going to have a little bit more mileage in the tank than some of the players who are, who are, who are playing in, in the Premiership, where it is 100 miles an hour every single game. So I actually think that Henderson's going to be very pivotal, pivotal for England over the next couple of games in their in their qualification for the European Championships. I, I really got a lot of time for him, and I, th- I think he's one of the, the genuine people in football. So for you Hendersonators out there, eh, I'm not going to join you. Yeah, and I want to add to this, Nick, because I think we have to talk about it as football mad supporters that we are. It is the International Week, and and what you just brought up talks about Jordan Henderson is now also adding to his cultural football resume. And playing in the Saudi Pro League, it's different playing styles. It's different intensities in the stadium. It's one thing you and I remark on a lot. A lot of people criticize the likes of UEFA teams, for example. When they go to the World Cup, they are only used to playing UEFA teams. They're not used to different playing styles, which is why we saw Morocco, for example, cause a lot of problems in the most recent World Cup. So I think that football culture is important to have a diverse experience in. And you know what? What's better, playing in the Saudi Pro League or sitting on Manchester United's bench a la Harry Maguire? So a lot to be said there. <laughs> uh, for sure. And I think, you know, and, and this this isn't a knock on English players, but Traditionally, they're not the best travelers in the world. I mean, if, if, if you if you go around all the top leagues in England, you can you can count pretty much on one hand how many English players have taken the the challenge of leaving the premiership and going and, and, and experiencing a different culture, a different way of playing. And Henderson's really taken a you know a huge jump. You've you've gone from Liverpool from Anfield, the captain of uh, Liverpool, 
maybe maybe wasn't going to get the playing time they expected uh you know this this current season but you know he's, he's taken a chance yes he's on good money but at the end of the day you know careers are very very short brian and i i i don't i i will not criticize a player who number one wants to look at a different way of playing and number two wants to maximize maximize his earnings yeah and you talk about english not being great travelers football fans around the world know that jude bellingham right now is lighting it up for real madrid he's experiencing a great start to life but someone who's not experiencing a great start to life right now is al ali we need to talk about their absolute meltdown we've been focusing a lot here on the saudi soccer show on what we call the big five but gosh Speaking of big five, a 5-1 result that they're on the wrong side of against Al Fateh. Nick, what happened? Well, Slavon Bilic, you know, really pulled one out of his back pocket. But, you know, when you watch the highlights of this game, it, re- it really is, the scoreline is so deceiving. You know, M- Mateusz Jaisley, the uh, al Halay coach, he was looking at his team 2-1 down and thinking, you know what, I think we can get back into this. And the goals then just started flying. So as Al Ali was pushing forward, they kept on leaving space in the back. It's 2-1 in the 89th minute. It's 3-1 in the 90th minute. It's 4-1 in the 93rd minute. And then it's 5-1. Incredibly, there was 14 minutes of additional time play where uh, <laughs> Alpha Tay scored their fifth goal. But yeah, I mean, this, this regardless of whether you're conceding three goals in 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 injury time regardless coming into this game al Ali was unbeaten they were perfect four games played four wins 12 points top of the table and this is the team that has the fearsome mares some maximin Firmino. they were still on the pitch which is which is really quite remarkable they were still on the pitch and i guess what they were doing was no defending whatsoever they must have been pushed up so high um, Al Burakin for uh, Al Fatih. He's got his fourth goal of the season, and he's doing. He's he's having quite quite a sneaky little season. And there's a couple of players that are on the goal scoring charts that you wouldn't expect to see. But I think this this was a big big surprise, and I think it could be a warning that Al Fatih under Slaven Bilic they may have started slowly, could be beginning to find their groove because, you know. It's very easy to get fixated on the big five, but I'm telling you right now, there's more to the Saudi Pro League than the big five. And Al Fateh, a proof of the pudding, as is our next topic. Yeah, Nick, before we move on to our next topic, I want to, and you do such a good job at it here on the show, is that you focus not just on the players in the Saudi Pro League, but shouting out Slavin Bilic, obviously someone who has managed in the Premier League. The managers themselves are also contributing to the success of the league, the success of these teams that we talk about on a weekly basis, and the success of the the squads that they've assembled. You talk about where all these different goals are coming from. And yes, it was a goal fest, but Ali actually took a 1-0 lead inside the first six minutes. So kudos to Slavin Bilic. He's just one example of how many great managers there are out there. And speaking of Al Ali, before we move on to the second club in the table, let's take a look at where Al Ali are. You talked about them being top of the table. They're down to fourth now with Steven Gerrard's Al Etifak just two points behind them. But what I think is really really revealing is 
goal difference is going to play a part this season. It's tight at the top, and a 5-1 defeat has brought Al-Ali's goal difference down to just plus three, level with Al-Etifak. There's a lot that we're going to be talking about there, but we cannot ignore, you and I have both alluded to it, Al-Tawun. What is going on there? What is the magic in their water? Well, I think Pericales Chumusa, the Brazilian coach, he's got a bunch of Brazilian players and they are figuring out what it takes to not only be competitive on the road, but be rock solid at home. And they are unbeaten this season. Okay, so we're talking five games played. They've not lost. They they tied their first game, so they've 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 reeled off four on the bounce. I really like the 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 centre back Andrea Girotto. He is he's a centre back in the I, I want to call it the John Stones mold. He's a real great footballer. Loves to get forward at set pieces. Very comfortable with the ball underfoot. Um, Mateus, the Brazilian right winger, he's got three assists on, on the season right now. So things are really beginning to move. And, and, and this Brazilian flair is really finding a home in the Saudi Pro League. And I, I want to put a lot of credit to uh, Jumaska because he's obviously looked at the transfer market. He's found these Brazilian gems. And it's, it's so easy to go, oh, yeah, I'll take a Neymar, I'll take a Richarlson. But how about finding a Mateus? Where's this guy come from? You know, all of a sudden, boom, he's there producing an Altawun. Really, I think they're, they're, the, they're the shock of the weekend. Yes, we had the seven goal thriller. Yes, Aleti Fagan saved, you know, Gerard's bacon, but Altawun are the story right now. Yeah. And speaking of stories, you shout out how many players have a giant stage right now as a result. I know that there's one player in particular that you are especially impressed with. We've got to talk about Hamdallah this week. Hamdallah, you know, he finished up on the losing side for Al Etihad. But this Moroccan has just taken the league by storm so far. And I think what we're seeing here, Brian, is that the superstars obviously get all the credit, and, and rightly so. But this young, well, he's not young anymore, he's 32 years of age. I think what he's seen is that there's so much attention on, on the likes of Benzema that he's finding these great pockets of space. He's finding these opportunities, and he's proven himself to be an outstanding goal scorer. I mean, he's, he's, I think he's two in the, char- the goal-scoring charts right now, only behind your boy. So that, that, to me, signifies that we're seeing a lot more depth throughout the league than previously first thought of. Yeah, Nick, I actually, I've got to interrupt here because I just received an urgent notification that you and I have broken Saudi Pro League rules as we've gone 18 minutes and 45 seconds without talking about the greatest player of all time, and that's Cristiano Ronaldo. We need to jump right in because Al Nassar, we keep talking about five-star Al Nassar, and it's for a reason because they cannot be stopped. Nick, I'm just going to shut up and listen to you talk about how great Al Nassar is. I mean, 10 goals in their last two games. In fact, 14 in their last three. You've got to say that this Ronaldo Mane bromance, bromance is just completely out of control. Uh, 
Ronaldo with his sixth goal of the season. And most, most importantly, he's also throwing in some assists as well. Ronaldo's got four assists on the season. So if he's on your fantasy team, and I think that's, that's our next move, Brian, creating a fantasy for the Saudi Pro League. If he's on your fantasy team and he's your captain, you're doing very well. Mane chipped in with his fifth goal of the season. And uh, I gotta say that whatever Luis Castro is putting in the, in the halftime water for these guys, it, whatever it is, it's completely working because they are just playing some just fantastic offensive football. And even, even though I have been critical of the defending this week, there was very little <laughs> <laughs> that their opponents could do because Al-Nassar were just absolutely on fire. Yeah, there's so many things I want to pick out of this match. One observation is a 5-1 victory with five different goal scorers for Al-Nassar. It's easy for people on the outside looking in to point to Cristiano Ronaldo, Sadio Mane, which you're right. I love that you called it the bromance because those two have slotted in. I don't know if you saw. Sadio Mane did the C celebration and was loving it. Cristiano Ronaldo was loving it. Those two are really clicking. They've got that telekinesis on the pitch. We saw it a few weeks ago. Ronaldo with that no-look backheel flick to put Sadio Mane through. There's so much good stuff going on with Al Nassar right now. And you also talk about Ronaldo being your fantasy captain. Well, let's talk about real-life captain because Ronaldo looks happy as someone who's followed him throughout his entire career from the pimply-faced teenager that we saw at Sporting Lisbon to Manchester United to Real Madrid all the way to Turin with Juventus back to Manchester. And finally, he's happy again. Broke the world record as this man does he's a world record breaker became the first to 850 professional goals as he puts it all of which have been caught on video we're seeing a new Ronaldo you talk about the assist machine what is it that's unlocking it you think I mean to me it, it seems like it's an ingredient of he's got the right players around him he's got the right manager in place but I also think from a cultural perspective Ronaldo's loving life and he's also feeling the love in return well, I mean, you, you bring up a really good point, Brian, happiness. And I think it was it was very clear to see his last six months at Old Trafford. He, he was a very unhappy camper and an unhappy Ronaldo because of his personality, you know, has has the has the influence to make everyone around him unhappy. And and I think we saw that United were really struggling to figure out what to do with Ronaldo. Obviously, Ten Hag came in and definitely had different plans. I think that this opportunity for Ronaldo to, and I, I want to kind of compare it to David Beckham. When David Beckham came to the United States in 2007 and signed for the LA Galaxy, he really was a trailblazer. Beckham was the Beckham was the first player, the first big player, to say to himself, "You know what? I'm going to I'm going to leave a monster club." He left Real Madrid, and he moved to Major League Soccer. Cristiano Ronaldo has made the same step. He said, you know what? I'm going to leave one of the biggest clubs in the world, Manchester United. He could have gone anywhere, Brian. I mean, there were clubs clamoring for Cristiano Ronaldo, including PSG, no doubt. And he said, you know what? I'm going to be a trailblazer. I'm going to go to Saudi Arabia. I'm going to be the first big name to come into this league and change the way the world sees Saudi Arabian football. And he has succeeded beyond all measure. And like you say, he now plays with a smile on his face. I can't even I can't even imagine to think what it's like to be a teammate of Ronaldo right now, especially if you're a young Saudi Arabian player. You're seeing the best in the world. You're seeing his work ethic, how he comes to training, how he prepares, how he eats. And now 
how he displays his just incredible goal-scoring prowess. Yeah, and a video that's been going and making the rounds online right now. It's not from this past weekend of action. It was from a few weeks ago, but it was when Ronaldo and Mane were both on the bench together. And Ronaldo, while sitting on the bench, was trying to help his teammates on a set piece. Mane literally pushed Ronaldo and said, go help them. And we saw it from Ronaldo in the Euros when Portugal went to the finals. And and he was essentially a second manager. He's invested again, seeing that level of investment and care. It's different. We don't always see that from stars you talk about major league soccer here in the u.s we've seen a lot of stars come and go without caring whatsoever the way that zlatan ibrahimovic for example talks about major league soccer it's it's not in the fondest of fashions and so yeah ronaldo's invested here and i love to see that and you're right for his teammates how uplifting is that the greatest of all time still scoring goals at this age still invested in elevating the performance of everyone around him yeah, let's go back to the table again and see how Al Nassar are doing because when you look at that, and you mentioned it, Brian, goal difference, it's pretty impressive right now. Yeah, it's incredible. Plus 10 for Al Nassar. That is the second best goal difference, even though the fact that they are in sixth place, they're on nine points. Three points would take them up into third place which would level with Al Itihad, but that's where that goal difference is going to come into play. You see how important that is already looking at the table heading into the international break. Yeah, I mean, look, the, the table, it has the big five, kind of where you expect them to be. The out, the outsider, the outlandish Al Tawun snuck in there in second place. I just, I just hope they can keep it up because it would be fantastic to see one of the lesser-known teams mix it up with the big boys all season long. Yeah, Nick, as we wrap up talking about this weekend's action, we're going to switch gears a little bit in a minute. I think it's fun every week to talk about the Golden Boot Race. Already, Cristiano Ronaldo is top of the Golden Boot Race with six goals. Two of those have been from penalties. In second place, we've got a tie between Sadio Mane as well as your boy, Hamdallah, with Malcolm Mitrovic, Al Buraikin, and Al Dasari in third place with four goals apiece. Nick, what are you thinking? I mean, we're seeing such a diversity in who is leading the golden boot race obviously Ronaldo's up top but there's a lot of contenders there with more goals to come there are and and this is the beauty of the Saudi Pro League and and it's not just superstars we're, we're looking we're looking at uh, some Saudi Arabian players who are making a name for themselves Salim Al Dasari you know like you mentioned he's got four goals on the season he is just a wonderful talent and don't be surprised if he is moving up those charts over the next couple of weeks. Yeah, fans might think that the action is dying down in the Saudi Pro League, as it is in leagues all over the world with the international break here. But Nick, Thursday, September 7th, is the transfer deadline in Saudi Arabia. There's still that lurking rumor of an increased bid for one Mohamed Salah from Liverpool. What are your predictions here? Well, I mean, it's, it's such a tough one. I mean, Liverpool turned down 150 million. They cannot turn down 200 million. I mean, but let's be let's be honest. Mo Salah is an incredible footballer. A a fulcrum of Liverpool for the last five six years. But if we're honest, his best years they're not in front of him. They're behind him. And if you could get 200 million pounds for Mo Salah right now. Liverpool would be foolish not to take it. And yes, it might put them in a, in a little bit of bother uh, in terms of 
they wouldn't be able to spend any of that money until January. But Liverpool right now, I mean, I, I think it's an embarrassment of riches up front. You know, Diaz, Jota, Darwin. I mean, these these are all exceptional players. And I actually think that Liverpool would move on with no Mo Salah. I think that if, I mean, £200 million is such a lot of money, including his wages and all that. But I think if, if, if they come back with another bid in that region, Liverpool can't turn it down. Yeah, I agree with you. And unfortunately, I also agree. I think Liverpool will move on. We've seen it time and time again from clubs all over the world is that we can't picture a Liverpool without Mo Salah. Guess what? It happens. We couldn't picture a Manchester City without Sergio Aguero. We couldn't picture a Manchester United without Cristiano Ronaldo, among others. So there's so many things that it does move on. I think he'd be a huge coup for the Saudi Pro League. And it speaks to the fact that there's so much more excitement to come. We still haven't seen Neymar take the pitch, so a lot of stuff coming up. Nick, including a bonus episode here on the Saudi Soccer Show this week, what can we expect in your awesome conversation with Misha? Misha Shea, the global head of entertainment, sport, and culture. He has perhaps the most connected man in world football. We talk, we talk about and this is, this is blasphemy, Brian, and you're not going to like it, but we talk about the possibility that the Saudi Pro League is the beginning of the Super League. Yeah. That Super League that tried to crash its way in a couple of years ago, I think we're seeing it right here. And, and Misha and I talk about the fact, and, and Misha says that within the next seven years, because the world is getting so much smaller, we will have a Super League and it won't be the likes of Milan and, and Juventus and United and Liverpool. They'll be joined by the likes of Al-Hilal, Al-Itihad. So yeah. this is well worth a listen. I love that teaser. It's a fascinating conversation. Obviously, I've had the chance to tune in to what you guys talked about. There's so much good stuff that's going to tickle the fancy of football fans all over the world. There's so much that's there to be excited about, so much to think about, and there's only one way for all of you to tune into Nick's conversation with the incredible Misha, and that is to pound that subscribe button wherever it is that you tune into podcasts, because the Saudi Soccer Show, we're coming at you not only with this episode this week, but that bonus episode that Nick just teased for us so you can hit that subscribe button leave us a rating and review we are making waves all over the world it's so cool for us to see where we're falling in the charts shout out to our fans in Saudi Arabia we love seeing the Saudi soccer show ranking there and we also so appreciate your input the boots on the ground those of you who have the opportunity to go to games to hear what the local news is saying about all these global superstars playing in the Saudi Pro League hop on over to SaudiSoccerShow.com you can actually leave us a voicemail we'd love to play your opinion your voice here on the show shout out as well to our fans we're ranking in the united states of america in the netherlands all over the world nick so many fans tuning in to the saudi pro league what are your parting thoughts on this week's episode well i just think that we've seen some unbelievable attacking over the last week we've seen two rounds and the goals are just flying in and it really leads me to believe that Players are beginning to understand patterns of play. They're beginning to take a few more risks here and there. 
And I think that over the course of the next few weeks, it'll be interesting to see how they come back from the international break. But I think we're going to continue seeing the most attacking football being played right here in the Saudi Pro League. Yeah, let that be a trend that long continues. Just a reminder, head on over to SaudiSoccerShow.com to check out all of our episodes as well as our blog content, including our bonus episode with Misha Sher this week. Otherwise, Nick, I'm so excited for the close of the transfer window, the end of the international break, and we'll see everyone next week here on the Saudi Soccer Show.